This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is a good friend of mine. His name's Alex Goldberg. He actually hosts a great podcast called The Byline. It is about Chelsea, but one of the reasons why I'm having Alex on is he's actually spoken to Anthony Robinson in the past and has some thoughts on the Fulham signing from Wigan, and we're going to talk all about that. So before I do anything else, I want to welcome Alex to the show. He's actually been on before. Alex, how you doing, my friend? Russ, my good friend. So nice to be on again, and I'm doing well, and it's good to talk about a player that I rate, I like as a person. I've had on my podcast, kind of like you said, and although I'm not a Fulham fan, I think that's no secret, <laughs> I will definitely be interested to see how Anthony Robinson does while he's playing for one of Chelsea's rivals, and to you and all your listeners, welcome back to the Premier League. Okay, thank you there, Alex. And listen, let's start here. And I just want to get your opening thoughts on Anthony Robinson, okay? So, and again, you've had him on your podcast and share this with our audience because after he signed with Fulham, you actually got a text from him. Yeah, so I've been lucky to keep a little bit of a relationship with Anthony ever since he was on my podcast. He was on it back in the fall when he was still just kind of entering the season with Wigan. And he really is a nice player. Now, my connection to Wigan, why would Alex just randomly have Anthony Robinson on? That was just kind of through Reese James, who was at Wigan, I want to say last season, but now technically last season is 1920. So Reese James was at Wigan the 18-19 season on loan. And Reese was tremendous. He was their best player. He really was. And I'm not saying that in a biased sense at all. He was objectively their best player, so much so that he moved from right back to midfield because he needed to save them from a relegation. However, Wigan haven't been stacked these last couple of years with great players, but Anthony Robinson has been no slouch. And excuse the beautiful glare rust that comes in to my car at the moment, but it's shining a light on just how positive 
this move is because Anthony Robinson has been no slouch at Wigan. And really, I think in a few years' time, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and I'll get back to Anthony specifically now, but in a few years' time, people will look at the 18, 19 fullbacks for Wigan and be like, whoa, they had Reese James and Anthony Robinson? Yeah. Pretty impressive. So, yeah, on a personal side, Anthony's a really good kid. He represents the United States of America. Now, if you were to listen to him speak, you would hear a little bit more of an English accent. He is kind of from that cloth of, yes, he has U.S. citizenship. He's aware of the United States and he's aware of the country in general. But of course, he has been pretty much in the U.K. for the majority of his life. But it's cool where he can kind of have both perspectives, where he's definitely friendly with a lot of other young English players, fullbacks in general, like Reese James. They were super close. But he also has a little exposure for the United States men's national team, but definitely the youth ranks there. And I just think overall, Anthony was certainly going to be making a move up. And you could really say that because Wigan, unfortunately, got relegated. We know what happened to them. They had, you know, the points deducted. And technically, they definitely held their spot. But because of the point deduction, they now have moved down a lower league. So obviously he wasn't going to go down to the league below the championship. But even even if Wigan had stayed, Russ, I think a move for him to a higher league than the championship was in order. So much so to kind of end my answer here, a big kind of advancement in my relationship with Anthony was he almost made a move to AC Milan in January, which was like, you and I both know Asmir Begovic a little bit. And Asmir yeah, Begovic we do. went to Milan. And I was like, oh, wow. And now Anthony Robinson, two people I've had on my podcast, are about to move to <laughs> AC Milan? What the heck is going on? And I had texted Anthony about it. And normally, he's very good at getting back to me. And I hadn't heard for, from him in a day once I texted him. Yep. And then about a day later, I saw that he had a bit of a heart condition. And the move to Milan was off. And just a scare, I'm sure a little bit annoying at the time for him, but he's good now. And all things kind of happen for a reason at the end of the day. And I know he's pretty psyched about this move to Fulham. He's very aware of Fulham's American history, Full America or whatever you guys call it. So you're getting a player that is a good kid, a hard worker, an underrated left back, somebody that I think even – other Premier League teams and other teams in top five leagues we're looking at and right. somebody who really importantly is excited to join you. So I, oh. I think uh, you, you're getting somebody who ticks a lot of boxes. Excellent. And Alex, I'm kind of excited about this move and uh, we're going to be talking about Joe Bryan as well, because uh, I actually want to know from the Fulham supporters who they think is going to be the starting left back for Fulham against Arsenal when the season begins. But when I, watch and remember Anthony Robinson at Wigan, and then I've watched all kinds of highlights from him. This isn't an attacking left back. This is a modern-day left back, Alex. And you said, again, the fullback combination at Wigan was probably very dynamic. So I guess you, you could say we should be expecting someone that's going to be really moving forward. And I've actually watched some highlights of him defensively. He looks solid defensively. I even watched some highlights of him for the U.S. men's national team defensively. And again, it looks like he's getting it done. But one of the things that stands out for me, Alex, this kid has a lot of pace. 
All right. Sorry about that. Looks like Alex has frozen for a second. Let's see if I can get him back on. Sorry. Alex, you back there? I am here. I apologize about that. Technology is <laughs> no words. Not a problem. As I was saying, Alex, for Fulham fans, I think the one thing that stands out to me, he seems really a really technical player, but his pace is off the charts to me. Yeah, he can move. He's athletic. He definitely has a decent frame. Like, he's got some height to him, and overall, athletically, he can handle himself. And then going forward, he won't push him off the ball. He's not somebody that is going to be able to be completely out-muscled. I mean, he's not Reese James, but few are. But you won't push him off the ball when he has it. And then defensively, obviously, he'll keep improving there. And I think he knows he'll need to improve on both sides of the game. But already... There is an athleticism, a toughness to his play, and you spoke of his speed. He can get up and down. I mean, he certainly can get up and down. So for somebody that is more than happy to attack, he's got some recovery speed, which is always important. So although I don't think there's like one part of his game that's a huge glaring weakness, which is great, which is already really good because then you can, to extents, trust him on both sides of the ball. Right. Let's say he did get a little attacking happy, and I just had on – Jaden Bogle from Darby County, right back for Darby County on my podcast. And I actually right. asked him a question I've never asked before. Do you sometimes get attacking happy? Do fullbacks get attacking happy? <laughs> and he said, we all do. We all do. And it's because maybe you've had a really good game overlapping a run with a winger or putting in a good cross. And it's just part of what you want to do. You want to keep attacking. Well, if that were to happen to Anthony Robinson, he's got really good recovery speed. So that should make you feel good. Now, I'm not putting down Chelsea's left back, Marcos Alonso, who I've had a very rough relationship with. The problem <laughs> is, but the problem is with Marcos Alonso is he's very attacking happy and has very poor recovery pace. There, there's really not a whole lot of ability he has in getting back. He's slow. Anthony Robinson can get back. So Absolutely. That's very, what I noticed, Alex. Yeah. So personality-wise, he's coachable because he's willing to take coaching instructions. But yep. also with his, with his athleticism, he's coachable. Okay, excellent, Alex. And I'm just going to put this up for the Fulham supporters watching live because I'm curious your view on this. Who do you think will be the starting left back when Fulham start their season against Arsenal? We'll end the show talking about that. I definitely want to harp on that at the very end. But, Alex, let's go back because, again, you, like I said, you've talked to, to Anthony, and it's funny because when I saw his comments on the Fulham website, there was a lot to be talked about when it came to Scott Parker. He actually spoke to Scott Parker via Zoom. And I think that played a factor in him coming to Fulham, which I think is a very positive thing. Listen, Fulham supporters have been split on Parker for a while now. But I'm of the mindset that Parker can actually be an asset to get players to come to Fulham. So I'm just curious your view on Scott Parker. Again, what's interesting about it is that you are a Chelsea supporter, so let's put that out there. So there is we've been talking about on Cottage Talk the comparison between Parker and Lampard. How Parker started, you know, again, he started with Fulham in the Premier League, but then they went down the championship. We know the situation with, with Lampard. But I'm very interested in your thoughts about this because Scott Parker, like I said, he has split. The fan base here. I, I would say much more are in favor now because of how the season ended and, and how we got promoted. But for the majority of the season, fans have been split on him. And But I also see an advantage of Scott Parker. 
because I think players are going to want to come to play for him. What are your thoughts about Scott Parker? Yeah, I'll honestly, I, I can get really long-winded, but I think the shorter I make my answer, the more clear it'll be. <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you game to game how his tactics have been because obviously I'm not watching him, especially right. I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking to do that closely. However, I can certainly tell you if he knows football at all, which I'm led to believe Scott Parker does, then he can really use his current best strength right now, which is the fact that he's personable. The fact that young players certainly, I would imagine, are going to listen to him, but even senior players, because they have respect for the fact that he's played the game, played the game for a long time at a high level in a top league. So that gets immediate respect. Happened with Lampard. It'll happen with Pirlo at Juventus. It happened with Zidane at Real Madrid. I know some of these are massive teams, but still, it's the exact same theory, you could say. Scott Parker is a very well-respected person within football in England, yep. and I certainly think that will carry over for any new additions like an Anthony Robinson. So, sure, Scott Parker could be a huge pull for Anthony, and without even having to ask Anthony, I'm sure that's absolutely the truth that if he said on the website he said on the website so right there's going to be that allure for new signings oh i get to work with someone who was just playing the game recently who understands where i might be as a player who understands how football is a little bit more now than maybe a 60 year old manager might and even for senior players i mean i think that they're going to have that respect factor but specifically for anthony i think it's a great opportunity for him to learn from somebody who probably has a much more current understanding of what fullbacks are like in today's game. And I've learned with Frank Lampard that it's great that he has the playing career behind him that he does. Does it mean he's going to be a great tactician in his managerial career and he's going to be a great manager? No, but it's a great head start that he has that Scott Parker has and now, of course, Scott Parker, if he can, even without trying, if he can have his reputation used to his advantage, where maybe, say, a player is deciding between Fulham and another club, and Scott Parker is the reason why they tip over to Fulham, that's great. Yep. Now he's got to use that advantage and obviously earn his merits as a coach, as a manager. But I'm sure Anthony is not the only one who would look at Fulham versus a comparable team to Fulham, and they might think, hmm, Scott Parker seems like somebody I might want to be coached by, be pushed by, just want to learn from. And Russ, right. it sounds a little ridiculous, but from my perspective, I think there was a good, usually viral moments don't have a whole lot of weight for a player where they're going to go, or even just for someone's reputation, especially when there's so much out there on the person like right. Scott Parker. But that moment he had when you guys got promoted and he had that interview on the touchline where he was saying, well, you know, we would love to be able to reflect on this and relax and enjoy it. But in reality, you can't, when you're a manager, you're always just looking to the next game. You're always just looking to how can I turn the page? How can I better prepare? And he had that whole line about, yeah, you know, a Saturday night while you're sitting there eating Chinese food or whatever, you want to just kind of live in the moment, but you're already thinking to the next day. And that was a real human moment from Scott Parker, but also like that was an embodiment of how managers should speak in my opinion. And if that meant a lot to random people who don't give a rat's you-know-what about Fulham, <laughs> probably means a decent amount to people who would work with Scott Parker. So right. not surprised that Anthony would want to work with him and not surprised that this is a growing trend in the game where players of all ages want to work with respected players who are now new managers. 
I think it's an interesting trend. That's also one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. And I just want to mention this to everyone listening live. Emilio Donnell, one of my co-hosts, wanted to join us, but unfortunately he was not able to join us. But I'm glad that I was able to get Alex. And I just want to explain one more time why Alex is on. Yes, Alex is a Chelsea supporter and has a very popular podcast called The Byline. But Alex actually has an interview with Anthony Robinson. That's one of the reasons why I want to bring him in. And also wanted to speak to him about another Chelsea player that has been linked to Fulham. So there are a couple of reasons why Alex is on with us tonight. And Alex, that reminds me, let's move on. Let's talk about this again. This has gone cold a little bit. But last week, there was a lot of talk about Ethan Ampadu linked to Fulham, possibly on loan. You and I had talked about this, and you thought it was a, a good move. I believe yesterday I saw a little update reported now that Ampadu wants to stay at Chelsea. So what are your thoughts about this? And again, would you be for him going to a club like mine and could he benefit from going to Fulham instead of having this opportunity with Chelsea I'm curious your view on Ethan Ampadu because again this has gone cold this speculation and I think part of it might be because he might want to stay at your club and part of it is also that no one really understands or fully knows what will happen for Chelsea the rest of the window, but also even just once everybody fully shows up for preseason because a lot's up in the air right now with Chelsea and who might be leaving. At the center back and kind of DM position, there could be a lot of moving parts. Jorginho could be out the door. Kovacic and Conte will definitely stay, but you could get Barkley out the door. You could lose a center back. So there could technically be room roster-wise for Ethan Ampadu, but it really just come down to if Frank Lampard feels he can give Ampadu enough of a chance to carve out minutes this season. So if Jorginho left, Barkley left, sure, Chelsea bring in Kai Havertz, but that's a whole different type of player. Technically, right. Ampadu could see a little opening and say, you know, I'd really like to impress the boss, impress the gaffer, and just weasel my way in here. Or maybe if a center back left, I see now I'm going to stop myself already because I just don't think he'd be plugged in at center back for Chelsea this season, because if they're bringing someone in at center back, it's going to be a player that's going to play right away that they can trust. So on Ampadu to kind of answer the second part of your question, I would trust Ampadu if I was playing FIFA and I could just kind of project and not care about reality or the fact that he has no real Premier League minutes behind him because I really rate the player. I really, really rate the player. But I think almost every Chelsea fan can agree more or less that the number one important thing for Ethan Ampadu this season is playing time. He's been right. a little shafted, honestly, unfairly, these last few years with playing time. And some of it is actually, I mean, all of it is almost not his fault. And there's two weird things that have actually hurt him. The fact that he's so good and so beyond his years mentally has actually hurt him. And I say that because he was involved so early on with Antonio Conte's Chelsea. So was Callum Hudson-Odoi a little bit. And they were really young. I mean, 16, 17 is starting to break through into at least the first team mold. But Conte wasn't going to play Ampadu, obviously, starter minutes. He had plenty of good players at the time. And then it wasn't going to happen under Sarri, even though, once again, Ampadu was around the first team. He got yep. into some lower level games, as did Hudson-Odoi. It just hasn't been the Chelsea way to trust young players like that. But if Ampadu wasn't beyond his years and kind of how he processes the game, he probably would have been given a loan or just would have played exclusively with the development squad and done a little bit more of a normal young player path. But 
he was involved so early on, but then we was just kind of treated as surplus. So right. this season, he gets at the age you would think he gets a good loan on paper. Leipzig, I loved it at first because I'm like, that's a great team with young players and a coach in Nagelsmann who really knows how to coach up young players. But he wasn't their player. That's what I overlooked. They had sure. a lot of other young players that they owned. They didn't own Alphenu, so he was never going to get first dibs. And he actually did, by the way, fill in at center back when Leipzig were really injured and suspended, I think, against Tottenham in the Champions League. Yeah. He played the middle center back spot of a back three. Now, that's really important to highlight because he was phenomenal in that game against Tottenham in the Champions League. And it once again showed us the issue we have with Ampadu. And this is getting to my second thing that's a good thing, but that hurt him, is he's so positionally versatile. So sometimes when you're too versatile, no one really wants to figure out a spot for you when you're 18, 19, because they kind of want to leave the door open. But sometimes so much versatility can hurt you because then no one's that confident about, oh, yeah, right. he's a midfielder. Let's try him here. So when he plays that middle center back spot in the back three, it shows you that he has center back instincts. He can definitely be a center back. But, you know, that middle center back in a back three also sometimes is almost like a DM because they're really far back, right. but they're sometimes a little bit further ahead of the other center back. So he can spray a pass. He can go in for a tackle. He reads the game insanely well for his age. He really kind of seems like a veteran, a senior player out there. So much so that Ryan Giggs, the Wales manager, has been starting him in the midfield for a few seasons. So, I know. Now, granted, I mean, they aren't playing like 20 games a season, but Really, he has been fully involved with Wales for a while. And he kind of gigs sees Ampadu as a six, a DM. And me personally, I would love Ampadu backing up in Golo Conte and being the classic backup DM. But, but he needs I, minutes. He needs minutes, which is why I am totally on board with him going to Fulham. And do I have a preference on position if he goes to Fulham? No, I want to see the kid play. Because I guarantee okay. you, Russ. You give him starters minutes at center back or DM, he's going to be one of your best players. Okay, and and again, you and I have talked about this. And uh, when I first heard about this, I, I like players that have versatility. And uh, Fulham have had several players that have been like that. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with Fulham because they have a decision to make on Harrison Reed at defensive midfielder. I think that might be a factor in all this. But they also, I think, have an opening at center back because – I don't think Tim Ream is going to be your starting center back in the Premier League, Alex. He's he's just doesn't have it anymore at that level. He can't play at that level. So they also need a center back. So his versatility for Fulham could work for his advantage or potentially against him because of their needs. So I'm not sure what they're thinking. Are they thinking he could potentially be a central midfielder, a, a DM? Well, I think that they're trying to get Harrison Reed back. So that's number one. They might have Angisa back. So then where does Ampadu play? Does he play at center back? Can he start regularly at center back with Michael Hector, who you know, formerly from Chelsea? So that's what's interesting about this. There's a lot of interesting movement with Ampadu. I'm not against bringing him in if he can help them, and I think he could help them. And I, I think versatility is a good thing. I would just want them to decide what is he. Is he going to be their center back? Is he going to be – their defensive midfielder. They did that with Callum Chambers a few yeah. years back. And I don't I wouldn't want to see them do that with a young player like Ampadu. So No, I, you know, I, I would want I would want their plan set for Ampadu. And that's what I mean. I, I'd like to believe that Lampard and Scott Parker might have their own conversation about that 
both right. being midfielders themselves, but also both kind of caring about Ampadu, maybe for different reasons. Lampard more for the long term, Parker more for the short term, but still they're going to want to figure out probably a more cohesive plan because that's been the big thing missing with Ampadu. In my opinion, it's not actually anyone's fault in particular, but yep. he's been mishandled. And like okay. I said, two strengths, the fact that he is way beyond his years mentally and the fact that he is versatile have somehow worked against him. I will add now on my end, I haven't heard it. I didn't ask in the last couple of days, but on my end, it is kind of up in the air what's going to happen with Ampadu because we just need to see how preseason shakes out. But the yep. reason why Fulham actually becomes even more attractive to me for Ampadu is say he plays in preseason. He's still kind of with Chelsea and everybody's still kind of figuring out if he's going to stay, if he's going to go. Well, if Fulham is kind of on the cards, if that's an right. option, they can really wait maybe longer than they would normally like to, and then boom, they decide. No, well, I wouldn't want no that, much. to be honest with you. I understand from a Chelsea perspective. No, I know I know you want him in ASAP, but I'm just saying all that would have to happen is Frank or whomever just saying, no, let's call a spade a spade. I'm not going to be able to give him the time that he needs. Let's pop him over across the road to Fulham. Yep. He'll have no adaptation time yep. personally on the with the team. Yes, he's still going to need to figure yep. out what they're all about, but he's not going to have to move. He's not going to have to really be at all a stranger to his new surrounding right. overall. So that's why I still take you guys very seriously for him if he's not going to stay at Chelsea because it's such a convenient move. Well, I'm going to share this. This is from Dan Mason, who's listening live on Facebook. Would be a great loan for Fulham and Chelsea. Do you think it benefits both sides? No question. No question. Because Fulham, they're getting somebody like, and I'm not even demeaning your team at all, but I'm just saying I think so highly of Ampadu that if he plays consistently, he's one of your best players. And for Chelsea to know that we have still one of our most highly rated youngsters, which is saying a lot these days, but still, he's been part of that crop from a few years ago that we said were top-tier prospects. We would know that one of our top-tier prospects is finally getting playing time, and this time for a Premier League team. No offense to Leipzig, great team, but yeah. to have Ampadu playing in the Premier League and hopefully succeeding there, I mean, that's about as good as it gets. So as long as Ampadu isn't, well, who knows if he would even be allowed to play against Chelsea. You know how all that works. But yeah, yeah, no, right. in all reality, I look. I honestly would look at it as long, once again, I have to stress this, as long as there's a plan for him and he is going to play, it is a win for Fulham, Chelsea, and Ampadu. Okay. Very interesting. All right. All right, Alex, I'm going to take this one on because uh, I'm curious what the Fulham supporters feel about Joe Bryan. What does this mean for Joe Bryan and Anthony Robinson coming to the club? Competition is always good, Alex, and I'm glad that Anthony Robinson is with Fulham. I, I think this is only going to help the club. I th also think that this doesn't change anything with Joe Bryan. I think he's part of their plans, even though I've heard speculation of other clubs interested in Joe Bryan. If I'm Fulham, I don't sell Joe Bryan because I think he's still valuable to the club. You could use him as your starting left back. You could use him, as others have sh suggested, further up the pitch to play with Robinson as a left winger. People have suggested that. I'm not against that. But for me, this doesn't change the fact that I want Joe Bryan to be part of Fulham Football Club. And I actually expect him to be your starting left back when the season begins. And I've asked the question early on, who's going to be your starting left back? I still think it's going to be Joe Bryan. And this doesn't have to do with what he did in the championship final, Alex. It's easy just to go there. Because Joe Bryan's career has been a little bit inconsistent. 
He's not a very good defender. That's just not what he is. He's an average defender at best. He's very good at going forward. So, again, I still see his value. But what intrigues me, going back to Anthony Robinson, I think he would be what we would call a two-way player. And I could see eventually Anthony Robinson taking over the role. But I don't want Fulham to get rid of Joe Brown. I want them to basically battle for that left-back position. And if Scott Parker wants to use them both together like others have suggested, so be it. But I do not, and I'm going to stress this, do not want to see them sell Joe Bryan because I see his value. He still has a lot of value to Fulham Football Club. Do not sell him to Leeds United. That's been some speculation. I would be completely against that. I could see how he could fit with Bielsa and Leeds United of the way that he plays. Honestly, I could see Anthony Robinson fitting better with Leeds United than Joe Bryan. So that's why I'm glad that Anthony Robinson is with with Fulham. But I don't see this as Joe Bryan has to go out. You've seen these situations before when another player comes in out of position, people automatically think someone has to go. Joe Bryan doesn't have to go, Alex. What are your thoughts about that subject? Because I hear it all the time. Well, now here's an opportunity to sell Joe Bryan. Why? Why would you feel a need to sell him? Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on the club and if they need to generate money and they don't see that player as a long-term part of their plans, then maybe they would. But I definitely don't think it has to be one or the other. It's not so black and white, so cut and dry. So I agree with your sentiment there. And you would know a little bit more about what Joe Bryan can still bring the team. I would say Anthony Robinson is not going to just be choosing Fulham hoping he can play. I'm not saying he's been guaranteed a certain number of starts. No, of course not. But he is a player that clearly many teams were interested in. AC Milan in January. Right, exactly. Return. So he's not just going to close his eyes and go to a team and hope that, hey, if I work hard, I can start. He's going to have been told something along the lines of, hey, as long as you do this, you'll start this. You know, so he can't once again dog it and he wouldn't dog it anyway. But you got to believe when you sign anybody that is at all noteworthy, you got to believe that there's some plan for them to start. But especially a player like this, who's at the age of needing to just go up and up and up. So he does need to play Anthony Robbins and he absolutely needs to play. But does he have to play all 38 Premier League games and all the, the other games you're involved in? No, and with a new signing, maybe you want to ease them in a little bit more, get them acclimated to the Premier League. So, of course, I mean, Anthony Robinson hasn't played in the Premier League, but I think more or less your best-case scenario is Anthony Robinson just grabbing the bull by the horns and just through his play pushing Joe Bryan out. But probably great to have them both for Fulham. Exactly. Right, forget about their feelings and, and who they are as people and what what might you know what the other might think if they're not starting but it's a great problem i'm all for health it's a great problem to have alex yeah so it pushes joe bryan and it also lets anthony robinson know hey just because you're a new signing doesn't mean you're just automatically going to start so right it doesn't often work russ you know this from sports it won't always work for a long time to have two guys competing for the same position but it can be very good transitionally and for the short term so i wouldn't see a problem with it at least for a little while Right. 
and that's why I, I, you make all the points why I want Joe Bryan to stay with Fulham. And uh, every time I see speculation with other clubs, I'm like, just say no, keep them with the club, and find a way to keep these players happy and let them compete for the position of left back. And as others have suggested, I'm just going to share this as well. I've had several fans suggest this. Dave Clark, Joe can play left mid. So again, why not? You know, again, this this gives you an opportunity to potentially get them both on the pitch at the same time. It's just, again, I'm not saying that they're going to do it, but it, it's all about competition. It's all about trying to find the best role for each player. And this goes back to versatility, Alex. You were t- we were talking about Ampadu. I like players that are versatile. Fulham have had players over the years that have been very versatile. Dennis Adoy right now is a very versatile player. So who's to say Joe Bryan can't play left mid? Who's to say that he can't play that winger role? Opposite, you know, I've had someone suggest opposite Anthony Narka. Why not? So, again, that's what's interesting about this. You know, I, a player shouldn't be pigeon-held into one position, Alex, because, again, we do that. Like, oh, he's just this. Well, sometimes things change. All right. All right, my friend. I, I want to share this now. Let, let's move on to the fixtures. And I just want to share my thoughts on the fixtures because uh, – in years past, again, you know where you're going to play, Alex. We both can attest that. I'm sure we, when they came out for Chelsea, you were like, oh, this is a good month. This is a bad month. I'm sure you went through all that, right? So when I looked at it, I was hoping to see what I would call balance. And this is the first time that I can remember in a very long time that Fulham's fixtures are extremely balanced, where I could see periods where they need to get points and they have the opportunity to get points. You know, months that it's going to be a little bit tougher, but it's a balanced fixtures for Fulham, which is great. So I'm curious, you know, if the fans agree with me on that. If if you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts. Do you agree with me? Because the way I look at it, especially early on, I think Fulham have an opportunity to get get some points and get going, and they tend to start slow. So the matches are there for them. But this is really, and again, when I looked at it, it's like this is a pretty balanced fixture list for Fulham. So what are your thoughts about that, Alex? When you look at at fixtures, say for Chelsea, are you looking at in those terms too? Yeah, I I do look for a much smoother schedule rather than like the gauntlet period and then an easy period because to be perfectly honest, these players are human. And let's say it was kind of unbalanced, imbalanced, whatever, where you had a gauntlet and maybe you did well in that gauntlet period and then you have an easy stretch. Sometimes then the team lets off for that easy stretch. So I don't want ever the schedule to look so obvious to a player or to a team in general, like where, oh my God, we had United, Spurs, City, Liverpool. Uh, within the course of six weeks, we got out of it pretty good. And now we have Southampton and Brighton and all these teams. That's usually when you mess up. That's usually when you kind of fall off. So I don't mind. Uh, I like the balance schedule. I don't have too much more to add because I think as long as it's not like up and down and all around, then it just makes it more Russ. You're a Patriots fan. It makes it more about just taking it one game at a time. <laughs> if it's a balanced schedule. And I know that sounds so boring, but I think if you can look at a schedule and not necessarily see like the easiest ride, the hardest ride, then you'll really just treat one game as the only thing that matters. Okay. Excellent there, Alex. Okay. 
let me just uh, check here in just one second because uh, we got a lot of interesting comments coming, and I'll share more as as we get into this. And uh, you know, and thank you very much, Dan. Dan's, I agree, Russ. It's a good fixture list for us. Top teams are spread out, and that's what I wanted to see, Dan. And that's what we have, and that's a good sign for Fulham. Now it's up to Fulham to do their job, as as we would say, Alex, here in New England, do your job, right? Okay. So let's go back and let's end with this. And I've started the show talking about this. Who do you think will be the starting left back when Fulham start their season against Arsenal? So, Alex, what I did earlier today, I put up a poem on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. And I had a decent amount of votes. I I had 613 votes. It's still going on. So the choices were Joe Bryan and Anthony Robinson. Who's going to be the starting left back when they open up against Arsenal? Here are the results. Joe Bryan, 72%. Anthony Robinson, 28%. Which, again, I find fascinating that the fans are still on board with Joe Bryan and they believe that he's going to be their starting left back. And then I'm just looking at some comments that I have on Twitter. Kamik on Twitter says Bryan will be left mid. Felix says could see Bryan playing further up. And, again, these are some of the comments I'm seeing. Would expect Bryan to play on the wing. That's from Alex. You know, again, not you, Alex. So what's interesting is that I do have people that are talking about that Brian could end up further up the pitch. But when I go through this poll, Alex, it's all in favor of Joe Bryan. What are your thoughts about that? Well, besides the fact that he could play in other spots like some of your followers are mentioning, which could be what Scott Parker turns to, I'm not too surprised that especially predicting wise people are going with Joe Bryan to start because it does kind of feel like the guy that's been there longer would get the nod game one, especially since Anthony Robinson, I mean, just made his move. The season literally starts. It feels like tomorrow. So just to be safe, I feel like no matter who the manager is, they always kind of play it safe on the first game of the season. This is such a weird schedule where obviously (laughs) season starts way before the window even ends, which actually used to happen. It was just in August and stuff like that. So you would think that maybe Anthony Robinson would be eased in. And honestly, I hate to make this about like my team, but just to kind of give you an example of why I think this poll that you've run is so predicated and based off it being the first game of the season, where if I were to guess, on Chelsea's starting right back to start the season, I would guess as Piliqueta, even though I think Reese James will start way more games over the course yep. of the season at right back. I would go as sure. Piliqueta and Chilwell at left back, you know, kind of what right. the standard fullback pairing would be. But I know Reese James, once he kind of gets in, will just more or less make that his. And I expect the same from Anthony Robinson. But to start the season, maybe you just want to go with what you're familiar with. And maybe yeah. you want Anthony Robinson to also view the first Fulham game he's part of at first from the stands. So I'm not too surprised by those results. But, Russ, I think it'll be awfully interesting to look back on that poll in a few yep. months' time. That's that's a good point. And, and I want to share this about Anthony Robinson. I was very impressed, Alex. One of the reasons why I wanted to have him on, because you spoke to him. And that uh, you have this rapport with him. He came across very well in the interviews with Fulham. And uh, I think you even texted to me that he's, he's a good lad. You know, he's a, he's a good man. And that's important because they need personalities like that. If you're trying to build something, you need someone like that. 
So that's very encouraging that you say that. And that's all I've heard about. I, I haven't heard anything negative about Anthony Robinson. That's very positive. And that, to me, is encouraging. In regards to who's going to start, you know, again, it's just, like you said, I, I think it will be interesting to look back at this poll. I'm just going to share a couple more comments that I have on Facebook about who could start Robin Pendrelson, Joe Bryan, probably Steve Reynolds, Bryan on the basis that he deserves to start. Roger Lewis says, if Brian is still with us, he should start. So, again, there's there's a sentiment for Joe Bryan. But, that, but, again, very interesting going back to what you just said. It might be Joe Bryan game one against Arsenal. What will it be two months down the road? And I think – I think that'll that'll be the test. And, and of course, fans are always wondering, well, will Joe Bryan still be with Fulham? Why did they bring in Anthony Robinson? And that's another question. Why do you think they brought in Anthony Robinson, Alex? Uh, Because technically they were at exactly the point, I'm talking about Fulham, the point where he'd be looking for a team in that scenario. He wants the Premier League. But obviously, it's not like City and Arsenal and Chelsea and United and all those teams were knocking on the door for him. I think he obviously, in his mind, would love to play for a top-top team. Who wouldn't? But you got to have a bridge move. I think Fulham is a perfect bridge move. But he also is young enough where I'm not saying Fulham's going to be a pit stop. He could make a nice time at Fulham. Hopefully, it's beneficial where you stay in the Premier League, Fulham. And then he gets to play with you guys for a while and really becomes the left back there. But he's a young left back who now has played in a tough, tough league, the championship that you and your listeners know is no joke and needs more respect from Premier League fans. Certainly Chelsea fans now know the championship should be taken seriously. So I think the fact that he has done well in that league should be encouraging to Fulham fans. But also, I mean, why did they sign him? Because he's talented and I think he's very clearly going to be at worst. I say an average left back, but I mean that as a compliment. I mean like an average left back if you were to talk as a fan of a big, big Premier League team. Like I think you would still view him at very worst average, but could even be. I think he can get to the point where where those teams do look at them, uh, do look at him if if they need a left back. He's still young enough. Yeah, I I really think highly of his game. I just want to add one thing for people to chew on about Anthony Robinson. Just a little background. Think about the last six months for him. Not only did he have, well, eight months at this point, not only did he have a little bit of like a real health scare when your heart's involved, that's that's concerning, of course, but now yep. it's good, obviously. You know, he wouldn't be making this move. No one would want him if there was a big scare. That's but right. That's, that's scary, and it goes from, oh, my God, I'm going to be playing for AC Milan from Wigan. What a weird transfer, by the way, that would have been. That is, that is incredible that he was incredible. going to be going to AC Milan. And that's. And that speaks so high. I know Milan is not the Milan that we knew for so long, but right. it's still AC but Milan, still. who are slowly moving in the right direction. That, right. That's a huge, like, pinch me moment for anybody. It doesn't happen all of a sudden because of your heart. Now, you're back at Wigan, and you're trying to save yourself from relegation, which you do. They, act, they had a decent run of form, but now you have this whole drama with Wigan and the point deduction, and it was dark time. I mean, I spoke to Anthony throughout that process, just making sure he was okay. I know a couple other people from Wigan, not players, but just wanted to check in because it seemed like a very unfortunate, sad scenario with everybody there yep. at the club. And Anthony was honest with me. Yeah, it was a trying time. It wasn't sunshine and rainbows there. They actually played some great football and everything and technically did save they themselves. They actually did. The, yeah, they saved themselves without the point reduction. But 
honestly, this guy's been through adversity in the last eight months. So you're going to be getting someone who knows he's good because he knows obviously what teams have been interested in him, but he also knows nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. He clearly knows that from two perspectives, a health, you got to appreciate every day waking up healthy. You got to appreciate that. I know he does. And then also just the nature of the business. He goes from almost moving to AC Milan to technically getting relegated out of the championship. So he is going to not be complacent. I promise you that you're getting a player that is going to look at what he just went through, know how good he is. So that's good. He's got confidence, but also know nothing is guaranteed. And I think he's going to bust his balls for Fulham. I really do. Well, that's encouraging. I also want to mention this because he does play for the U.S. men's national team. We talked about that. Not that I want to focus a lot on the U.S. men's national team. But I'll just say this. I'm going to throw this out there. The fact that he was playing against Brazil, having that experience to go against Brazil, you know, again, he's been played against Brazil. Just, again, think about that, Alex. The experience you get from playing against a club like that. So, and then thinking about, like you said, the links to AC Milan, he's well thought of. This is someone that, ha- that again, is well thought of in the football world. So, Fulham, again, what's so awesome about this is I think this is a, a, a good marriage, I guess you could say, of a player coming to a club that and both can benefit from. What's also interesting, Alex, because we're talking about the transfer window, now, how much money Fulham are going to spend because the last time they spent all this money? The fact that they got him for two million pounds is unbelievable. Now, part of that is because of, of, of the buyout in his contract. Two million pounds for Anthony Robinson. Just think about that. He's worth, I, I have to imagine, on the open market much more. But because of the situation, two million pounds they got him for. It's a great deal. It's, it, it's a great deal for Fulham. And also, it could potentially be a motivator for Anthony Robinson, because reportedly, you know, again, they're giving him a good amount of money. So he's going to be making some good money. But he also might have that chip on his shoulder because he's, he's well, you know, hey, look at my transfer fee. It was nothing. Well, let me show you. So I think that there's a lot of benefits there for this uh, transfer fee only being £2 million. So I, I just wanted to mention that because, again, it's good for Fulman. I don't think it's a bad thing. For Anthony Robinson, that it's only two million. As Dan Mason said, two million is a bargain. It is a complete bargain, and that also allows Fulham to use money in other places and also get a quality, like you said, left back for two million pounds. Alex, that's unheard of. I couldn't agree more. There's just not. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to make everybody listening or watching like super happy and appease everyone, but I just I can't find a fault with the move. I can't find a fault with the move for both parties, for Fulham and Anthony Robinson. For Anthony Robinson, it's a Premier League move, a great opportunity to really express himself, improve himself, an opportunity to work with a young manager who, by all accounts, is really good with players in terms of how he speaks to them. Also, I would imagine Scott Parker is even better with young players to an extent than any other type of player. So I think it's a perfect fit for Anthony Robinson. But for Fulham, it's a player that, easily easily could be looked at in a couple years time as above what Fulham's level is right now if that makes any sense no totally makes sense all right Alex listen let's wrap this up thank you so much for doing this with me 
anyone that doesn't know Alex, Alex actually was on the show a couple years ago when it was strictly a podcast. He actually does an excellent podcast called The Byline. Just check him out on Twitter. I'll, I'll actually share his Twitter account along with with ours as well. But it's Alex Goldberg underscore, which I'll never understand, Alex. But <laughs> the- Alex Goldberg was just taken. I, I had to add something. And here's my thought process is I didn't want to add an underscore in the middle because then if you're typing out Alex Goldberg, you'll be messed up if you forget the underscore. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all good. But, and uh, I look forward to having Alex back when, uh, when Fulham play Chelsea and, and Alex does an incredible podcast. Check him out. And uh, I would highly recommend it. And uh, he's a good friend. I've known Alex for a while. We actually did. In case anyone's wondering the history of me and Alex, we actually co-hosted along with the host, Ben Kitchen, a podcast called The Soccer Cast at WEI Radio here in Boston. So Alex and I go back. So I'm, I'm glad that he could actually uh, come on the show to talk about Anthony Robinson. And, uh, and it's always great to have you back, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Oh, Russ, it's my pleasure, and uh, you're like family. You're like family, so it's good to be on, and I didn't think I'd be talking. I I knew I'd be talking about a left back today. I didn't think it'd be Anthony Robinson. My own team's (laughs) got some stuff to talk about, but I was really happy to be able to talk about a good player and a good person with a good person, you. All right. Well, thank you, Alex. All right. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this up. Before we go, I just want to say thank you to everyone for watching and listening live and everyone that watches and listens after the fact uh the show has grown since we started making these videos and i just want to thank everyone and we're going to continue to have guests i'm, I'm going to bring in more journalists more podcasters we're going to fill cottage talk with all different types of guests to go along with our co-hosts that keep this uh show going it's um i'm just a conductor it's everyone else that really really runs this show and i'm just lucky to have so many great people with me but enough said about that let's wrap this up for my special guest alex goldberg i'm russ goldman thank you as always for watching and listening to cottage talk for fulham fans everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you never miss a match with live commentary goal alerts lineups in-game stats and tv and radio links for over 100 leagues globally download the free coy whites app now from the app store and google play the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.